Chapter 19, Success in Selling. Treat success as your duty, obligation, and responsibility, not as a choice or just a job. The best advice I can give you about success in any field is to make being successful an ethical issue, not a financial issue and not a technical issue. Literally, literally, success for me is a spiritual obligation. Man, if you could get this, if you could get that this is your ethical, most spiritual success is your spiritual highest duty. Wow, that's big, dude. That's giant. What are you talking about, Grant? Man, I thought success was just an option. No, man, success is your spiritual obligation. It's your duty. You you know, God puts you on this planet to be successful. Almost all people claim they want success. Who do you know this is? Nah, I don't care, man. I don't need none of that. Sure, everybody wants it. Everybody says they want it. I'm not talking about you wanting it. I'm talking about you demanding it as a spiritual obligation, as something like like as vital to you as oxygen, I have to be successful in selling. Almost all people claim they want success. Every salesperson I ever met, yeah, I'm gonna have a great month. Yeah, I'm gonna be great. Yeah, I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna be, oh, I'm gonna be the best. I'm the best. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, what you doing? You spit. My wife's over here. My wife's over here. I'm talking, doing this program. She's spitting donuts out on a plate. Freaking co- damn redneck. I love that girl. She a spitter. Almost all people, salespeople claim they want success, but most people approach it only as an option. Approach anything as an option or a maybe or, well, whatever. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, it will not be a success for you. Approach anything as an option or a maybe, and I assure you it will never be yours. Did you know that less than 2% of all households in America make a quarter million dollars a year? Why? Well, either the whole system's set up against 98% of the people or 98% of the people are treating success as something that may or may not happen. And you might be thinking right now, dude, I don't make 250 grand a year. Okay, good. I'm talking to you. Grant, my position could never pay 250 a year. Okay, good. I'm talking to you. But you know the money's out there. It's out there, okay? Now, if I can get Robert to shift his thinking from, dude, I can never do that to, woo, how could I do that? Look, the reality is the top earners, they're not smarter than you. They don't work harder than you. They're no more creative than you. But one of the major reasons more people don't create success for themselves is not because of the 1% or 2% or the system's rigged or you don't have the right job. Look, the reason more people don't create success for themselves is because they never commit to it. They never commit to it as, look, I got to have it. Do you know anybody not breathing on planet Earth? Well, there's a few people today that are not going to be breathing, okay? Everybody else is demanding oxygen. Everybody else is saying, look, I got to fill my freaking lungs up, man. Okay, they're all all breathing. Most of them are getting water, hydrated, and most of them are going to have something to eat today. Terrible. It's terrible how many people are actually having to struggle for food and water today. It's terrible. But most of us are breathing. Why? Demand it. We demand oxygen. Now, what I need you to do is shift into demanding success the way you demand oxygen. Oh, man, I ain't got time, man. I'm so busy with the kids. Really? Well, where'd you get that last lung full? You got two kids, seven kids. You're still breathing. Well, yeah, Grant, that's different. 
No, it's different because you you decided it was different, dude. I think success is important to me. I think selling a next client, taking a phone call, phone call rings in here. I jumped to the phone faster than anybody. Why? Because, man, I'm looking for that breath. I'm looking for freaking oxygen. Let's face it. Most people don't even come close to creating the kind of life they want. Don't even, once a year, they're like, I'm going to make my life better. This is going to be a great year. Most people don't even come close to creating the life they want. And even fewer people create the kind of life they have the potential to create. You know you know you can create more. You know you can do more. People claim they want successful relationships, but where's that at? People claim they want financial freedom. Really, where? What are they doing to get financial freedom? Dude, you want out of jail? That means you got to freaking, you might have to claw through the walls. You know, you want freedom? You don't want to be a slave anymore? You'd do anything, right? You'd risk getting out of jail. You'd, you'd risk, maybe I'll, maybe I'll jump the fence and get shot, but I'd rather be free. See, most people don't go after success the way a man, it's trapped, a hungry dog that wants out of that. He wants out of that. He, I'm going to chew my arm off, man. I told a girl once, dude, you're in a bad relationship. You got to chew your arm off? Chew it off. You better be in three-legged than being four-legged and trapped. You know, I know a lot of people that claim they want to be successful. They want to solve in business. They claim they want more money. They claim they want to be millionaires, but then they don't go after it relentlessly, undying, gotta have it now, demand pursuit of this thing called success. Ask yourself these questions. Are you fulfilling your potential? Come on, be honest. Are you fulfilling your potential? On a scale from one to 10, where are you at right now? 10 being maximum potential. Do you approach success as your duty and obligation? This wristband right here says, blue wristband says, success is my duty. Reminds me. I'm going to tell you something. It's harder to keep going after it when you have money than it was when you're hungry and you don't have money. Number three, would more success be good or bad for you? And number four, is your entire family on one plan? Is there one plan at your place or six? Or do you guys even know what the plans are? Yeah, I know people with six and eight, 10 plans. And they don't even know what the plans are until you sit them down. They got 17 different plans going on. People say, man, Grant, you're all over the place. Dude, I ain't all over the place. I'm working one freaking plan all the time. It looks like I'm all over the place. It looks like I'm nuts. It looks like I'm disorganized. Trust me. There's one freaking spinal cord running through this system all the time. It's, we're going to get more. We're going to get more. We're going to be successful. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Okay. But I might not be as confused as you think I am. I might not be as scattered as it might appear because at the core of me, I'm working for one thing. If you answered no to any of the above, are you fulfilling your potential? Do you approach success as duty? Would more success be good or bad or bad for you? Is your entire family on one plan? If you answered no to any of the above, your chances of success are doubtful. Okay. You'd actually have to stumble. Something bad would have to happen. You'd have to hit a freaking success grenade, a, a mine. You'd have to stumble onto one if you answered no to any of those four questions. Your problem will not be sales. Your so- problem will not be the economy. Your problem will be that you have, made, you have not made a commitment to success as your obligation and duty. In sales, like in any other field, you must demand success. Otherwise, it will elude you and it will find someone else to live with. Success will cheat on you if you don't commit to it. Quit approaching success as an option. 
and your chances of reaching your dreams will rise exponentially. I can assure you that if you don't consider success your duty and live up to your potential and live up to your potential every day, then you simply won't live up to your potential. If success doesn't become an ethical, even spiritual issue for you, an obsession, a must, then you won't do what's necessary to obtain it. Many suggest that success is the journey rather than a destination. Uh, Trust me, after building four businesses from scratch, I can tell you that while success may be a journey, it is more important to understand that the journey is filled with many unexpected obstacles and lots of people are on the same journey. Other people and, and, and obstacles will attempt to stop you from reaching your destination. But let me tell you something. If you think the journey is better than the destination, you're going to spend a lot of time in the journey and never get to the destination. I am highly interested in the destination. Those who make a commitment to, to success as a destination will last longer than those who are just on a journey. One of the great Turning points in my sales career occurred when I finally woke up to the fact that, that if I was going to be successful in sales, not the best in the store, but successful compared to my potential in my industry, I had to make it a priority, a career, not a job, a career, a must, a priority. When I stopped thinking about selling casually and committed to knowing everything, when I started surrounding myself with books and programs, listening and learning and watching videos and clips and when I dedicated myself to that as a profession, when I started approaching selling as a way to create success in my life, no matter what I was doing, as a duty, an obligation, a responsibility, a military mission, the obstacles that came with selling started to diminish, started to fade away. I began to see that my sales success wasn't for others or the lucky or something that happened once in a while or once in a week or because I was in the right place at the right time. Dude, sales success started happening because I could control the outcome. Even the most fortunate, well-connected people among us, among you, must do something to put themselves in the right place at the right times in front of the right people. Luck is just one of those byproducts of those who take the most actions, who work the hardest and are the most prepared. The reason that successful salespeople seem lucky is because their success naturally allows for more success. Their commitment to success actually creates more opportunities for success. Unless you're privy to the action, to what they're doing, you're privy, you understand what they're doing, you actually don't see other people that are successful. You don't see what they're doing. You don't see what Warren Buffett or Mark Cuban or Steve Jobs is doing. You just see the results, the destination. You don't see the the moves he's making, the times he's failing. You don't see or hear about the number of times the top salespeople went for it and failed. Oh, man, that guy's got it made. That guy's lucky. Luck will not make you successful. Committing yourself, committing yourself to success completely as a military op- obligation, as like, like, like a, like a, Do or die situation will create luck or what appears to be luck. You have to approach your sales success the way good parents approach their duty to their children, honor, obligation, priority, whatever it takes. Being committed to your career, your product, your company that you work for, to your client is a duty, obligation, and responsibility. Think like that. As in the chapter, the most important sale You have to stay completely committed at all levels. Good parents will do whatever it takes for their children. A good parent, a great parent, 
will do whatever it takes. Get up in the middle of the night for your child. Clothe your children. Feed them. Fight for them. Feed them when you can't eat. Put yourself at risk in order to to provide safety for them. Take care of them. Put your own life at risk to protect a child. What good parent wouldn't do that? This is the same way you must now approach your sales career. Be honest with yourself. Never justify failure. It's fairly common for people who are not succeeding in sales to start justifying why they're not being successful. I'm giving you a tip here how to take your career to the next level. Some people even start to lie to themselves when they're failing. They actually lie. It's easy to spot this trend in the sales industry and people who were once doing well and who are now making more and more excuses for why they're not now succeeding. You know, check out the 10X rule. Chapter where I talk about excuses, I think it's chapter 21, and I'm talking about excuses. You're, if you're employing these, this is happening to you. You're becoming dishonest, not with your customer, but with yourself. When young people, for example, are unable to get the things they want, they ask nicely, then they get disappointed, then they start to insist temporarily for a short period of time. They'll insist, maybe even fight for a little while, cry for a bit before they give up. Oh, Papa, you're mean, Papa. Ah, I don't get what I want. Why? Because they don't know how to sell. See, they only know how to push and shove and insist and threaten and cry and then give up. This is what salespeople do. Salespeople actually, most salespeople act like little babies, like little four-year-olds. No, no technique, man, for persisting on a given path. Toward the end of the cycle, the young child, when they've been told they cannot have what they want, they start to convince themselves then, because the cycle's not over for them, they cry. Then they convince themselves what? I didn't want it in the first place. Sell or be sold. This is happening to the child. Sell. Oh, ran out of technique. So I'm going to sell myself now on why I shouldn't get it, why I never wanted it in the first place. This is what the single guy does. Can't get the girl he wants, goes to another girl. Can't get her, goes to another girl. Can't get her, goes to another girl. Can't get her, goes home by himself. I just gave you the creation of the porn industry. Most children actually get what they want from their parents because their parents get worn down. It's not because the kid sold anything. The, parent, the kid doesn't give up, wears the parent down, and gets what he wants. When you're not honest with yourself, when you're not completely honest with yourself, what do you do? You give up. I want you to be honest with yourself in every selling situation. There's no reason or excuse good enough for you not to get what you want or need. Quit making the excuses. Clearly, you aren't always going to make the sale. Look, uh, more often than not, I don't make the sale. But don't fail to make one sale and then spend the rest of the afternoon selling yourself lies and excuses about why it wasn't important or why you weren't successful. Be honest with yourself on every cycle. Ask yourself, why didn't I get that sale? Why, what could I have done differently? Where did I miss it? Where did I miss it? Not what did they do? Never what did they do? What did I do? What could I have done differently? How could we have made that better? Where did I miss the sale? Oh, they didn't have credit. They didn't have money. These people can't make decisions. Never make it about them. Make it about you. How could I better justify the cost to them? How could I have got them to borrow money from somebody else? I mean, how could I have gotten them a loan if they can't get a loan? Where could I have gotten them financing? Why didn't I get in front of the decision maker? I only asked for the order twice. I should have asked for it 22 times. 
Be honest, brutally honest with yourself in every failed sales cycle and take complete responsibility for the outcome. Never, ever give responsibility to them. Never give it to the manager. Never push it off on the manufacturer or the bank. Always assume full responsibility. Don't let your coworkers console you. Don't let your wife or husband tell you, it's all right, honey, we're going to be all right. He He or she ought to be kicking you in the ass. Sit down and write down why you didn't make that sale. I'm not feeling sorry for you, man. That's what ought to happen at your house. That's where everybody's on the same page. Don't let your coworkers console you that it's all right. It's all right, John. Don't don't let anybody tell you the customer wasn't ready. Don't let them talk you into, oh, they didn't have the money anyway, or they're cheap, or they're difficult to deal with, or nobody ever sells that guy, or we don't have the right inventory. Look, the economy sucks, Bob. Don't worry about it. Look, stop it. Knock it off. Surround yourself with people that'll push you. You're boring me. You're boring you. And you're killing yourself and your family and your potential. Your sales success will come as a result of your mental, spiritual, and technically prepared claim to create and own sales success, followed by taking necessary actions that persist over time until you succeed in reaching your sales goals. If you're not able to be brutally honest about yourself, with yourself, about that sale, about why you didn't make it, you will forever find yourself with lower and lower results. And when your success starts getting smaller and smaller, you'll see your actions start contracting as well. In order to demand consistent sales success, you have to, one, decide you're ultimately responsible for the sale. Two, make it your duty, obligation, and responsibility to make the sale. Three, take massive amounts of action followed by more actions until the sale is made. That's straight out of 10X rule. Number four, accept no excuses, reasons, or logic ever, but figure out how to make it work. Next time. And number five, prepare yourself daily to handle obstacles, stalls, reasons, and barriers that you will encounter with a client. Again, check out CardoneUniversity.com if you want to learn how to master this, these five steps. And you should know them exactly what they are. I want you to finish the exercises at this chapter, and I'll see you back in chapter 20.